Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to worship today, whether you're watching this on your couch, whether you're listening to this uh, on the podcast as you're driving somewhere or, or whatever. Uh, so glad that you tuned in. My name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here, and it's, uh, it's good to be with you. Uh, our scripture for this morning is from Colossians. Um, we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 9 through 20. And here's what it says. Because of this, since the day we heard about you, we haven't stopped praying for you and asking for you to be filled with the knowledge of God's will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We're praying this so that you can live lives that are worthy of the Lord and pleasing to Him in every way, by producing fruit in every good work and by growing in the knowledge of God, by being strengthened through His glorious might so that you endure everything and have patience and by giving thanks with joy to the Father. He made it so that you could take part in the inheritance, in light granted to God's holy people. He rescued us from the control of darkness, and He transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. He set us free through the Son and forgave our sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God the one who is first over all creation, because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they're thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the one who is firstborn from among the dead so that he might occupy the first place in everything, because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him. And he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or things in the heavens. He brought peace through the blood of his cross. Now, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I wonder, I wonder if you've ever found yourself asking this question. God, what is it that you want? God, what is it that you want? Uh, sometimes that question takes the form of, uh, God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do in this situation? Other times that question takes the form of, God, did you want this thing to happen? Uh, did what has happened here, uh, is that a part of your will. Uh, this question can take lots of different forms, but I'm guessing that many of us, if not most of us, at, at one time or another, we've found ourselves uh, trying to discern the will of God. Uh, sometimes young people will wonder about the will of God as they're thinking about their future. I can remember back in my high school years, uh, in my college years, certainly, as I was trying to figure out what do I want to major in, what do I want my career to be, what do I want to accomplish in my life, what direction should I go, all these big uh, questions. And I can remember during that time uh, asking that question of, God, uh, what do you want for, for my life? God, what is your will for me? Maybe, maybe some of you have had a, a similar experience. 
Um, other times people wonder about God's will when they're facing some kind of big decision in their life and they're not exactly sure what they should do or, or which way to go. Sometimes this comes up in relation to big career decisions. Right? And we can ask, like, God, uh, is now the time for me to make a career change? Is that what's best for me and, and my family right now or, or not? God, God, what is your will? Um, sometimes it comes up in, in uh, relation to relationships that we have in our lives, especially if relationships are, are difficult and we're kind of struggling within them, whether that's a relationship with our spouse or, or some other romantic partner or a relationship with a, a family member that, that's not going well. And sometimes in that situation, we can say, God, uh, what is your will here? What do, you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to keep working with this person, working at this relationship? Or, or would it be better for me to create some space and, and to walk away? God, what is your will? Other times we wonder about God's will in the aftermath of a tragedy, whether that's something that we see like on the news, you know, a hurricane or a tsunami or a wildfire, something like that. And it can leave us wondering, God, is this, is this somehow part of your will? Um, or, or sometimes it's a, a tragedy that's, that's more personal to us that we, you know, we lose a job or we lose a, a loved one or something. And that can leave us asking, God, is this somehow part of your will? These are just a few examples, um, but the point is that uh, there, there are a lot of situations that we face in life that can raise this question of, of God, what is your will? And so what I want us to think about today is how do we approach that question? How do we go about discerning what is and, and what isn't God's will? Uh, we're now, as some of you know, we're now in week three of our sermon series called Asking for a Friend. Asking for a Friend. In this sermon series, we're addressing several big, important questions that many people in the church have, but we're not always sure how to ask or, or when to ask these questions. And the, the question we're talking about today is, uh, how can we go about discerning what is and, and what isn't God's will? Now, uh, if you are tuning into this um, and you are not a Christian or maybe you're not sure what you believe uh, about Jesus, uh, you may also bump into this question about God's will. And I hope that what we talk about today is, is helpful and, and relevant to you. But uh, for those of us who are Christians, I mean, if we're like committed to, to following Jesus, uh, this question has an extra layer of importance for us. And, and here's the reason for that. You know, as Christians, we have a calling on our lives. And our calling is to actually live out the will of God, like in all areas of our life. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be doing the will of God as best we can uh, all the time. And, and our lives are accountable for that, right? And in fact, you know, if, if uh, we never find ourselves thinking about what God's will is, we might need to do some introspection uh, about that because it's so central to our calling. So this question has a, an extra layer of importance for us as Christians. However... However, uh, even though this is such an important question for, for all these many reasons, uh, in practice, and, and you may have discovered this yourself, in practice, discerning God's will is not always easy, is it? In fact, in some situations, figuring out what God wants, that can be really, really hard. And th there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, one reason is that, uh, unfortunately, uh, we can't just have a conversation with God about what we're going through in the same way that we might with a human, right? Like back when I was in college trying to figure out which direction, what to do with my life, it's not like I could just send God a text and say, you know, God, what do you want me to do? You know, 
give me a call when you get a chance, something like that. That's not how it works. When we're contemplating a major career change or some other major life change, you know, we can't just text God and say, what should I do, career change, yes or no? You know, this is just not that simple. It's not that simple. One of the reasons that it's not that simple is because God is God and we are not God, right? God is God and, and we are just these finite, limited, uh, mortal human beings. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, uh, God is speaking to humanity and, and God says this, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, God says, neither are your ways my ways, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The, the point being, there's always going to be things that God knows that we just can't know. And there's always going to be things that God can see that we just can't see. And that, that means that, that there's always going to be some degree of mystery involved when we're discerning the will of God. That's, that's just unavoidable. There's always going to be some degree of mystery involved. But that leaves us with this challenge, right? This challenge that, uh, on the one hand, uh, in many situations, we, we want to know what God's will is. Uh, as Christians, we, we need to know what God's will is so we can try to orient our lives around it. But at the same time, God's will isn't always easy to figure out. It isn't always obvious. So what do we do about this? What do we do about this? How can we go about discerning God's will, especially when it's not obvious? As we think about this challenge, um, as it turns out, we are not the first people to bump into this. Uh, we are not the first people to, to struggle a bit with this. In fact, people of faith have been wrestling with the same basic challenge for many thousands of years. And that means that we don't really need to reinvent the wheel in terms of our reflections on this. We can learn from the wisdom of the people of faith who have gone before us. And in particular, uh, we can learn from Scripture. So I want to turn our attention now to this passage uh, from Colossians chapter 1 because um, this is giving us a super important reminder about how as Christians we, we go about discerning God's will uh, when it's not exactly obvious what God wants. Um, uh, so first, uh, a little context here for you about the, the passage. Um, Colossians, as some of you know, is a book in the New Testament. And I mean, we call it a book, but it's actually a letter. It's a letter that was originally written uh, probably about 20 to 30 years-ish um, after Jesus's resurrection. And this letter was written by this prominent leader, this prominent pastor in the early church whose name was Paul. And Paul was writing this letter to this new church. I mean, at this time, pretty much all churches were new churches. But Paul was writing to this new church in a city called Colossae. Uh, Colossae is in modern-day Turkey. At the time, it was part of the Roman Empire. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, hence the name Colossians for this, for this letter. Now, why does Paul write this letter to this church? Well, apparently, uh, these Colossian Christians back in the first century, they had run into this exact same question that we've run into. How do we discern God's will? And they ran into that question because just like us, they had people in their church 
who were also trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Uh, they, they had people in their church, just like us, who were facing big decisions that didn't have clear answers. Um, they had people in their church, just like us, who were trying to make sense of different tragedies that they were going through or that they witnessed in the world around them. And just like us, they knew that as Christians, they had this calling to live out God's will in their lives, and so they needed to know what that is. But in the process of all of this, they discovered exactly what we've discovered, which is figuring out God's will isn't always easy. So these Colossian Christians, they, they were kind of stuck uh, in, in this way, and they, they weren't exactly sure what to do. There was just a lot of confusion about all of this. Well, somehow, uh, Paul hears that there's all this confusion going on in the church in, uh, in Colossae, and he, at this time, is working in ministry in a different part of the Roman Empire. He's unable to, to travel to be with them and spend some time teaching them and working through this with them uh, in person. Of course, in the ancient world, uh, they didn't have phones, they didn't have Zoom, so Paul does the next best thing. He writes this church uh, a letter. And one of the, the primary purposes of this letter is Paul is trying to remind these Colossian Christians how they can discern God's will. And I think this is so interesting. Um, the, the Colossian Christians, when they received this letter from Paul, they found it so helpful that they saved it. And then they ended up making copies of it and they started sending it out to other churches so that they could read from it and, and learn from it. And those churches found it so helpful that they saved it and they ended up making copies of it and started sending it around to, to other churches who hadn't read it yet. And uh, eventually this letter became so influential that it became part of what we now call the Bible. And here we are 2,000 years later still learning from this very same letter. I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, well, what does Paul say here that, that everyone found so helpful? Well, there's uh, a lot in this passage that we could unpack today, but uh, for this morning, I really just want us to focus in on one key verse here. Uh, one key verse. In the middle of this passage, you know, Paul's writing his letter. He's telling the, the Colossians uh, things that, that they need to know, things they should remember. And, and he kind of takes an unexpected turn in the middle of this passage because he all of a sudden starts quoting this song. And it's a worship song that, as best we can tell, probably would have been sung by the Colossian Christians and other Christians at that time in their, in their worship services. It probably would have been a song that they would have known. So Paul invokes this song, and this song is all about Jesus. And I want us to pay very close attention here to the opening line of this song. We get this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, and it says this, the Son, that's S-O-N, not S-U-N, uh, the, the, the Son, S-O-N, that's, that's Jesus, uh, says, He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. This is so important. I, I want us to, to remember this. So humor me for a second. If you're watching this on your couch, uh, say this out loud with me. If you're driving along, uh, listening to this on the podcast, say this out loud with me, that he is the image of the invisible God. One more time so you don't forget it. He is the image of the invisible God. Now, what on earth does that have to do with helping us to, to discern God's will? Well, it actually has everything to do with helping us to figure out God's will. Because here's what Paul is saying to us uh, here. Paul is saying, uh, you know how God is invisible, right? You, you know how you can't actually see God as much as you might like to? 
And Paul's saying, you know how, uh, since you can't actually see God, sometimes it can be difficult to know what God is like. And you know how, since you can't actually see God, it can sometimes be difficult to know what God wants. Well, Paul's saying to us, well, in Jesus, God has actually helped us out with this. Why? Because Jesus is the image that we can see. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And that means that when we look to Jesus, we actually can see God. When we look to Jesus, we actually can see what God is like. And when we look to Jesus, we can see what it is that God wants. So Paul's saying to us here, if you want to know what God's will is, uh, if you want to know what God wants from you, what God wants for you, then keep on looking to Jesus. Keep getting to know Jesus better and better and better. To which we say, well, well why, Paul? How is, how is that really going to help us? And, and Paul says, well, that the better you get to know Jesus, the better you get to know God. Because again, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, right? The better you get to know Jesus, the better you get to know God. And the better you get to know God, the better you can discern God's will, even when it's not obvious. Let me say that one more time because I know that's, that's a lot. The better you get to know Jesus, the better you get to know God. And the better you get to know God, the better you become at discerning God's will. We actually see the same dynamic in our human relationships uh, all the time. And I'll give you a, an example of this. Um, back when my wife and I first started dating, we were both freshmen in college. And uh, we, we hadn't been dating very long, just a couple of months. In many ways, uh, in hindsight, you know, we're still kind of getting to know each other. And uh, Christmas came up. So I had to get her a Christmas gift, of course. And I was trying to like figure out what would she want? What's a good gift? What should I get her? Well, after kind of thinking about it for a while, I decided to get her this nice silver bracelet. At least I thought it was a nice silver bracelet. In hindsight, um, it really wasn't, but you know, I was a dumb uh, college freshman at the time. So to me, it seemed like a nice silver bracelet. Well, uh, I was excited about it and, and I give her this, this bracelet and she, she opens it up and she was nice about it because she's a nice person, but I could instantly tell she, she wasn't all that into this bracelet. Uh, well, over time, as I got to know her better, I figured out why. I got to know that she's not a big jewelry person and she hardly ever wears bracelets. I mean, I didn't really know that at the time. Now I know that, so now I know she would never want a bracelet as a Christmas present. That's not a good gift uh, for, for her. So as we've spent time together and as our relationship has grown, I've gotten to know her better and that's allowed me to better discern her will. I can better anticipate what she wants even when she doesn't explicitly tell me exactly what she wants in black and white terms. Uh, now, kind of like with God, you know, there's always an element of mystery there. I think uh, anybody who is married or, or has been married, you know, none of us can ever fully discern the, the mind of our, our spouse, uh, of course. Uh, but the point is that Paul is telling us the same dynamic is true with God, that we get to know God's will by getting to know God. And as Christians, we get to know God first and foremost by getting to know 
Jesus. So that means that the better we, we know Jesus, the better we become at discerning God's will, right? The better we discern, uh, become at discerning God's will for our lives and, and for the situations that we face in our lives and experiences we have and, and all of that. For us as Christians, it's all about getting to know Jesus. For us as Christians, it's all about getting to know Jesus. So how do we do that? Let's make this practical here. What are some ways that we can keep getting to know Jesus better so that we can be better at discerning God's will? I want to highlight a few things for us here. The first way to get to know Jesus better is by doing exactly what we're already doing right here, right now, which is to say worship. There's several reasons for that. You know, you may have noticed that one thing we do every time we worship together is we always, always, always listen to a passage of Scripture and then most of the time we do what we're doing right now, uh, we hear a sermon about it, we unpack it, we explore it, we, we think about what does this mean for our lives. And the reason we do that is because Scripture uh, describes for us who Jesus is. And we, we believe that's true of all Scripture, not, not just the Scriptures that explicitly talk about Jesus, but we believe that on a deeper level, all Scripture helps us to better understand Jesus. That's why we, we keep coming back to it over and over again, week after week. Also, when we get together for worship, we pray directly to Jesus, right? And the words that we say to Jesus, that can help us better understand who Jesus is. Uh, similarly, uh, the, the songs that we sing together in worship, they, the, their words, they, they help us better understand who Jesus is, what Jesus is like, what Jesus wants. You may not know this, but um, Ty and I, at least once a week, we'll get together for a worship planning meeting. And part of what we do in those meetings is we pick the songs that we're going to sing in worship. And as we're picking those songs, uh, part of what we're thinking about is not just, do we like this tune? Uh, part of what we're thinking about is, is not just, uh, you know, where does this song fit best emotionally in the, in the course of the service, that kind of thing. But we're also asking the question of, how does this song help us to, to better get to know Jesus? Uh, so worship is a, a crucial way for us to, to keep growing in our relationship with Jesus, getting to know God better. Uh, but of course, it's not just limited to worship. There are several things that we can do outside of, of worship. I know many of you are already plugged into a small group. And every single week when you get together, you're having a discussion about Scripture. It's a great, great thing to do. Um, many of you, uh, I hope, are reading Scripture on your own, but between Sundays. Um, another thing that, that we can do that we don't often think about is just to be intentional about spending time around people who know Jesus better than we do, or at least who've been following Jesus uh, longer than we have. We're, we're very blessed here at Kindred Church in that we're a, a brand new church community, but we have people in this community who have been following Jesus for, for many, many decades. And so they bring all kinds of experience. And uh, for those of you who are newer to faith especially, this is a great reason to, to join a small group or start volunteering with us or, or find some place to, to plug in and, and start building relationships within our community uh, because the wisdom of others that we find within the church can, can help us to get to know Jesus better uh, as well. The challenge for us in all of this is to just be intentional and to really ask ourselves, uh, what are the rhythms in my life? What are the habits in my life that are helping me to get to know Jesus better? And I would encourage you, um, if you're not already tuning into worship or uh, ideally attending in-person worship with us on a, on a weekly basis, I strongly encourage you to make that a weekly habit and, and prioritize that time in your week. There's no substitute uh, for worship. Um, 
Also, if you've never been in a small group before, I strongly encourage that you give that uh, a try and you'll get to explore scripture with, with others and, and get to know Jesus that way. If you're not already reading scripture on your own uh, devotionally, I highly, highly recommend that. Um, I know that it can be hard to get started. The Bible's a big book and you know how do you, how do you get into it? Uh, if you have questions like that, reach out to me and I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to get you going and, and give you a little uh, guidance on that. There are lots of options. There are lots of options. Uh, the point is that if we stay committed to getting to know Jesus, then the next time we find ourselves wondering what God wants, what is God's will uh, for our life, for a relationship we're in, for a situation that we face, what is God's will uh, in the aftermath of, of some uh, tragedy as we're, as we're trying to, to discern how God was present there or, or what, what was going on with, with that. Is it God's will? Is it not? The next time we, we have questions about God's will like this, we may not always get the, the black and white clear answer that we want in the way that we want, but if we've gotten to know Jesus, we will have a much better sense of what it is that God wants. And that's going to lead us to make better decisions. That's going to lead us to make better choices. That's going to lead us to live more faithfully the kind of lives that God has called us to live. Let me pray for us. Oh, uh, gracious and loving God, uh, almighty God, uh, we are so thankful to you, Lord. We're, we're so thankful that you care enough about us to, to place a calling on our lives, not just to create us, God, uh, but to give our lives a, a purpose and, and a meaning. Um, God, we are uh, often in situations where we, we find ourselves wrestling with this question of what it is you want. And, and sometimes it's clear to us, God, and, and other times it's, it's just not clear at all. And we're not exactly sure. Um, and it's hard, Lord, we'll be honest. It's hard because you're invisible and you're not as visible as, as we would sometimes like you to be. And, and we're so grateful that you're a God who knows that, that we need this and, and that we want this. And, and you help us out and you send us Jesus. You send us Jesus to be the image of you, to be the embodiment of you so that we can look to Jesus and get to know you better and get to know your will better. What a gift, God. We're so thankful. Lord, this morning, I just want to pray especially for anybody who is in the midst of a big decision about the direction of their life or a big decision about a relationship in their life or anybody who's wrestling and struggling in the, the aftermath of some tragedy uh, that they're trying to make sense of and, and discern your will, God. Uh, I pray for each of those people that above all else, they would know your love, that they would know your heart, God. I pray that you would give them uh, wisdom in their time of discernment. Lord, um, help us at Kindred to, to be the kind of community as we follow Jesus together, where, where we can wrestle with these questions together and, and not in isolation, but we can together discern uh, your will for us, God. Again, we're thankful for Jesus and the way that, that he is the, the living proof of your heart and your love and your compassion that is never, ever failing. Uh, so it's in his name that we pray all of this, God. Amen. Amen. Listeners, 
This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.